Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. 6.30 Chad and the Edmonton Oilers Hockey Club present the show that is everything Oilers. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Service for all brands of print equipment in your office? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A on Oilers Radio. 6.30 Chad. Feeling things might get a little bit interesting in our next uh, 24 minutes on Oilers Now. Welcome back, everybody. Bob Stauffer, Brendan Escott with you. Oilers Now brought to you by our title sponsor, Digitex. Digitex.ca is Alberta's number one owned and operated place to buy office technology and software. Um... I will tell you that in this hour at uh, 1.35 today, NHL Network analyst, former NHL player Mike Rupp, who is also a Danbury trasher. Uh, this on uh, the heels of the Netflix documentary Untold, Crime and Penalties, the story about the uh, Galante ownership of Danbury, uh, a team that committed to uh, sort of a fusion between WWE was once WWF back in the day, uh, but live wrestling and uh, hockey enforcement of the Flyers of the 70s, and the team was owned by uh, a gentleman who, uh, well, he was he served time for being involved in organized crime. It's quite the story. It's a fascinating documentary. So that is coming down the pipe at one uh, thirty-five today. Uh, that is with Michael Rupp. Uh, we're going to head off momentarily to the River Cree Resort and Casino Hotline at 780-496-0063. The River Cree Resort and Casino Excitement Bet on it, where we hook up with David Staples from the Cult of Hockey Provincial Affairs columnist for the Edmonton Journal. David, how you doing? I'm doing great, Bob. How are you? All right, that's cut to the chase, and I'm going to give a heads up here for all our listeners. If you're one of those listeners... I just want hockey the entire time for the entire two minutes or two hours of the show. Uh, I want to know who's going to be on the Oilers uh, ECHL affiliate on the third and fourth lines. I need to know that. So, Stoffer, if you're not going to talk about hockey, and uh, forget it. Uh, this is your time right now. I'm giving this you an opportunity right here, right now. You don't have to listen for about the next 90 seconds because we're going to delve into an area that might impact hockey and your ability to watch hockey. And that is what is going on with the province. David, I'm hearing conflict. I'm getting guys texting me. Apparently, I'm told that some uh, individuals within the cabinet, the cabinet's got it locked down right now. There's wide-ranging opinion as to what's going to occur over the next 48 hours in the province of Alberta. This is right in your wheelhouse. You're the provincial affairs columnist. You've been outspoken on the issue of uh, COVID from the beginning uh, to the point that you have some young lefties out there that think that you're actually uh, a a talking uh, source for the conservatives, for the UCP. But what are you hearing? Are, are we headed to another lockdown here? Is it inevitable that we have a vaccine passport? What's going to happen, David? I've asked people I, I know, Bob, and I can't answer that. They, I'm not hearing back from them. Uh, and I should say that I, I like talking about the ECHL third liners myself. But, uh, yeah, COVID affects everything, Bob. And what I expect to happen at the province, I don't think there's a lot of – there's two options. There's two things they need to do right now. 
number one, and they're already doing this. We can't have another lockdown of the fully vaccinated. We cannot have the harm, the massive harm that will come shutting down Alberta for the fully vaccinated. They've got to avoid that at all costs. There'll be no coming back from from that for the UCP. Another massive lockdown of fully unvaccinated people, they won't accept it. So what can they do? Bob, they've got to bring in a vaccine passport. All right, well, yes, and I changed my mind on this, and I think they're going to do it. Okay, just just a sec. You said initially they can't lock down the vaccinated, and you're saying they can't lock down the unvaccinated. So you're I'm say- saying they can lock down the, the unvaccinated. They they've can- got to bring in. That's you, the people who are not vaccinated right now. They don't want a lockdown. But Bob, they are 30 times, 32 times more likely to end up in ICU than fully vaccinated people. 32 times more likely to end up. They are overrunning our ICUs. And if this is what it takes to avoid a full lockdown of the fully vaccinated people, then I think that's fair. Fair is fair. You can choose not to get the needle, and then, but that means you can't go to the bar or the restaurant or the oiler game. And I, I, don't, I think it's a, not a great, it's a terrible solution, but it's the least worst solution. The other thing they have to do, Bob, is, and they're doing it right now, they've got to pull out all the stops to ramp up hospital care. Um, you know, in, in previous years, they've talked about field hospitals for when, when there's been terrible flu seasons. That was contemplated in 2017, I believe. We've contemplated field hospitals before uh, at the Butterdome and other places uh, when COVID's gotten really bad. That's got to be on the table, that kind of care, because the harm that flows out of a, mass, that, of a major lockdown in terms of opioid deaths, job loss, uh, public um, mental health issues, it's too extreme. We can't go through it again. And, and it's not called for when you have all of these people who are fully vaccinated and should be able to get on with their lives and need to get on with their lives because the, the harm has been too, too great already. Uh, just to provide some context, and I have the numbers all the way back to uh, me of uh, 2020 currently in the province of alberta 71.3 percent 12 plus fully vaccinated uh the district i live in david and twin brooks is at 84 percent fully vaccinated 12 plus so we have other districts below 55 percent we have yeah. communities that do not trust um, the government so they don't trust the process alberta right now has uh, in the just in Edmonton, we have 291 people in hospital, 94 people in ICU. So to put things in perspective, just to show you how this has grown over the last uh, six weeks, on August the third, Edmonton had 27 people in hospital and eight people in ICU on August the third, and we are at 65.8 percent full vax. We, and we're up to 71.3, so we lost a lot of the momentum that we had at that time. 27 people in the hospital, 8 people in ICU on August the 3rd. As of yesterday, 291 people in the hospital, 94 people in ICU. What was the probability, you said, statistical probability on uh, unvaccinated versus vaccinated? 
32 times more likely if you haven't had the jab that you're going to end up in ICU for the last four months. That's what it's been, 32 times more likely. So people are weighing this issue in their own lives. That's that's something that they should weigh. Um, this virus, it, it, with the uh, Delta variant of it, is highly contagious. I think some people thought they could sit out the pandemic, not get the jab and kind of not get COVID. I think that's really unlikely. You're going to get COVID in the next few years. And my own decision was I'm going to get it. I'm going to get COVID in the next few years. I want to have that extra protection. So um, people have to take that kind of information, make up their own minds. I hope to make the right choice. And uh, listen, Bob, the Kenny government, they, they are dead wrong right now, dead wrong on the vaccine passport. They have got to act. They've got to bring one in. It's, there's, no, there's no social contract which is going to allow a massive lockdown in Alberta if they haven't first tried at least a vaccine passport on people who are unvaccinated. And it's, it's not going to be easy on them. It'll be hard on them. But again, I don't see there's no other there's no other fair solution right now. All right. There you go. So now we're going to switch to hockey. Uh, thank you, David, for providing some information and perspective. And you've been writing about this. And you have two separate Twitter accounts. So if people want some of your perspectives on things, maybe give them the sort of newsy uh, David Staples. The political stuff. Yeah. yeah, provincial affairs columnist stuff. How do people follow you for that? At David Staples uh, Yeg, Y-E-G, on Twitter. All right, here we go. Uh rumblings came out and it became a little bit noticeable involving Dylan Holloway when he was not out with uh, the big boys and the captain skates here the last couple days gets confirmed uh, this morning 9 a.m. right at the start of uh, rookie camp for the Oilers organization boom Dylan Holloway uh, minimum three months probably more realistically four to six months getting surgery again on that scaphoid your thoughts that's just really tough for, for Dylan Holloway and for the Edmonton Oilers organization. I mean, he had the one surgery. I, I, you know, we don't know what, what happened, if it, if it was ineffective, insufficient. Obviously, it didn't work to solve the problem. I mean, he already missed. He had an opportunity. He got hurt at the end of his college hockey season. He already missed an opportunity to go to the Bakersfield Condors last year or potentially, even if he had, if he had killed it, maybe play for the Edmonton Oilers in the playoffs. So that, that already the injury has taken that away from him. And now this, it can't be easy for him, and it's it's a really hard blow for him. That all that said, Bob, he's 19. Um, you don't generally this is this is you don't generally hear about an injury like this uh, keeping players out you know for that long. Maybe for this amount of time, yes, but he should be back back strong and you know the way he played last year in college hockey he was one of the single best uh, players in all of u.s college hockey which is a high level full of first round and second round draft picks for the nhl and he was a dominant absolutely dominant player at that level with his speed his hitting and his skill so it's it's frustrating like i just have been chomping at the bit to see this fantastic young player um get a chance with the edmonton owners and i think on the wing it could be sooner than later because not a lot of defensive not as much defensive responsibility for winners in the NHL. So there's a real chance he could come in and come in fast. We could still see him. Now, you know, what you're saying is sounds reasonable that this could even be more than three months, that we could be looking at longer than that. So that's that's hard to hear. But uh, still, I still can't wait to see him play. Yeah, I... Uh... You know, I, I, I'm still quite optimistic about what Dylan Holloway is going to be able to provide the Edmonton Oilers organization. Today, uh, David, the Oilers made both Philip Broberg and Dmitry Samarukov uh, available 
we have an interesting scenario potentially down on the farm. Let's just assume the Oilers' four left-shot defensemen that'll be here in the NHL to start the season are Darnell Nurse, Duncan Keith, uh, Slater Cuckoo, and Chris Russell. And on the right side, we're looking at Tyson Berry along with Cody Ceci and, and Evan Bouchard. In that uh, sort of template, that would mean the left-shot options on the farm. William Lagason, who would need to clear waivers, and I do believe he'd clear waivers just to set the record straight because yeah. lots of people have a cleaner defenseman. And he's on a one-way deal, which will scare off some of the cheaper organizations who have maybe committed themselves already to a rebuild like Arizona and Buffalo. Uh, but Broberg, Samarukov, Lagason, Niemalainen, all on NHL deals on the left side. Not to mention on the right side, Camp Kesserling and Berglund, all right-shot guys on NHL deals. And then DeHarnay, who's going to play on the farm on an AHL deal, and uh, Yanni Caldas's depth guy. They've got a lot of depth on that farm team, don't they, right now? That's nine deep, you know. With Caldas, that is nine deep, and and the and the uh, the guys that would be on the you know the fourth pairing, DeHarnay or Kemp, and well, I don't know who who of those guys on the left side you could have on the fourth pairing. They could play regularly third pairing in the HL without any problem. So they so there had been some talk about you know maybe having a, an, another AHL veteran uh, go down there, and I'm glad the Oilers didn't decide to go that route with all of these players. Now these there's not a lot of North American experience necessarily on that unit, but uh, Philip Berglund or Berglund as they call him in Sweden, he was a top pairing defenseman the last two years in the, in the top Swedish league. Samarukov crushed it for uh, Moscow Seska in the KHL, which is the best league, a better league than the, than the AHL. And uh, one of the things I wouldn't be surprised to see them do, and it, I know that they don't like moving the lefties to the right side, but Samarukov played all last year on the right side in Moscow. And I, I think they might be hesitant to do that. But if you have Niemalainen and you have Broberg um, and you have Lagesson, what are you going to do? You, you, Sam Rukov, obviously, those guys have to play. Sam Rukov has to play. So I could see him maybe moving over there to solve that problem. You know, if injury doesn't solve the problem as it often does and creates a spot. Well, we should way. mention Sam Rukov did play right side defense with Bakersfield in his first pro year and had a challenging first half of the year that year and got yeah. more settled as he got moved over to left. Uh, Nima Linen was uh, banged up a couple times during the course of last season. What did you make of Connor McDavid's comments? Uh, did an availability yesterday, said the time's now to win. It's funny because it, it seems like uh, the pressure, the, the time has always been now. Ever since Connor McDavid got drafted, uh, the time has been now. The time is really obviously now, though. I mean, they've gone all in. And, and you know, they signed Hyman and Nugent Hopkins, two guys in their late 20s, to really long-term contracts, which, you know, if you're worried about four, five, six, seven years from now, maybe you should be with those deals. Sometimes they don't work out. A lot of the times they don't work out. But, Bob, they, this is the absolute prime of McDavid, Dreisaitl, and Darnell Nurse's careers. This is the heart of the team, the core of the team. And I think that, you know, so, you know, I look at these hockey actuarial tables a lot, and I'm worried about the long-term deals. And I initially was a little bit iffy on both the Hyman and the RNH contracts. But when I thought about it, you know, and the argument that the time is now, it's it's – there's no reply to that, but yeah, it is now. And, you know, in the past, we've gone down this same route and we've been burnt a little bit with the Oilers. You know, the time was now when they traded for Griffin Reinhardt. They wanted to speed up the clock on development of the team. When they signed Milan Lucic, 
you know, you could argue even last year when they brought in Tyson Berry, you know, and that's d- delayed Bouchard's uh, development. That you know, that whole "we've got to win now" mentality uh, took over and was a little too strong, but. Here we are, and uh, it is the correct idea right now, and it may precipitate some more moves as the season goes on. David, what uh, do you think is the biggest storyline that fans are going to be following, your readers, on uh, the cult of hockey here for uh, through training camp? Well, Yamamoto's situation is unresolved. So, um, you know, even though it's not the most important thing on the team, that's going to get a lot of attention because if he's not here and he's not signed, suddenly there's even more job opportunity on the wing. So people like Tyler Benson, Cooper Marodi, Brendan Perlini, Devin Shore, they've, you know, instead of just one job that they're fighting for, there might be two or three, uh, depending on how many forwards they go with. So, you know, it's, it's just a really, I, I'm really, Cooper, we've talked on the show, I've heard you talk uh, this week about Tyler Benson and the opportunity he might get. Well, I'm kind of, if, if Yamamoto doesn't sign, I'm kind of a little bit pumped about Cooper Marodi's chances because that guy has ripped it up in the AHL. He is a fantastic passer of the puck, carrier of the puck offensive player and if he can get his defensive intensity ramped up and if his fitness is at the highest level if he's coming to the camp that way he could uh, make the team and he could play well for the Edmonton Oilers in the short term and let's see what he does in the short term maybe that's going to happen David quick couple texts here Uh, this text comes in love love David another texter uh, Vince says uh, David's right time to get a vaccine passport we're already trying to uh, ramp up ICU overloaded ICUs affecting the ability to deal with these spin-off problems from the pandemic again you can text us at 780-496-0063 and here Here's one tied potentially to the ECHL, but don't tell this guy that. What are your thoughts on St. Albert product, Matteo Gennaro, signing in Bakersfield? Uh, I think I think Gennaro's going to have the, the Holloway injury, and I had Holloway slotted as a center to start the year on the farm. Um, that's all but going to guarantee that uh, Malone and Esposito are going to end up playing two guys on American League deals, are going to be playing at center this year. Um, One of Benson or Perlini is probably going to be in the NHL. That's going to mean to me that uh, Matteo Gennaro is going to have a heck of a chance to to carve out a niche for himself in his support role. He's a bigger body that could score a bit, uh, had a big year uh, in in junior to close out his junior career. What are your thoughts on Matteo? Since people are, you said you'd had you were comfortable talking about guys that may be ECHL band, uh, bound, David. What, what are your thoughts on Matteo Gennaro? Yeah, usually I like to look at elite prospects so I could look at their statistics first. So, uh, Bob, I don't know the player, so good luck to him. That's that's that's. Uh, I can talk a little bit about James Hamlin, who's going to have more opportunity. What a, well, uh, he's, he's been an he, interesting story because he, he did pretty well last year in Bakersfield. He did. He came on, and they, you know what, the coaches, you can see when the coaches like a player. Like, you know, you can see Tippett, for instance, likes Josh Archibald. And I think they had the same feeling about Hamlin. They were using him, uh, using him a lot. And uh, he's just one of these guys who, who's fast and really hustles. And the question is, can he raise his skill level and his confidence level, his fitness level, all of these things to, to play in the AHL? And the other interesting thing for the AHL is, where will, where will Turris end up? Like, is he going to be down there, or is he going to be in Edmonton? Because, yeah. um, so that's, he could be down there as well, competing for a job 
Well, I, I, well, he won't be competing for a job. That's just yeah, he'll have a job. He's, uh, you know what? He didn't look too bad in the captain skates here last couple of days. By the way, Matteo Gennaro, back-to-back years, forty-three and forty-two goal seasons in the Western Hockey League. Former Winnipeg Jets draft choice. He had twenty-six goals, fifty-six points in sixty-one games uh, with Wichita last year in the uh, Coast. Uh, did play parts of two seasons in the American Hockey League uh, for Tucson, which is Arizona's farm team. There you have it, David. How do people follow you again? Uh, for the cult of hockey at D Staples on Twitter. There you go. That is David Staples. Thank you, David. We'll talk next Wednesday. Thanks a lot, Bob. You bet. It is 125 in Edmonton. We'll take a quick timeout. You're listening to Oilers now. Hi, this is Ryan Nugent Hopkins from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on 630 Chet. This texter comes in on the Ashley Fine Floors text line at 126. I 100% agree with David Staples. Vaccine passports are the only way out of this horrible situation. Uh... Again, you can text us at any time, 780-496-0063. Keep it coming. Uh we're going to take a completely different path here at 135, but not before I tell you that you can keep texting us on our Ashley Fine Floors text line, 780-496-0063. Get the new floors you've always wanted. With Ashley Fine Floors, 143rd Street and 111th Avenue, open Monday to Saturday. And there's an old saying in the park, car business. Cars cost less than Wetaskiwin. Brent Ridge Ford and Wetaskiwin is committed to providing unequaled automotive excellence, resulting in completely satisfied lifetime customers. If you currently have a vehicle that you're not using enough, payments or interest rates that are too high, vehicle you may want to sell, refinance, or trade in for something different, go visit Uncle Milt, Rich, Johnny, and the gang at Brent Ridge Ford or call them at one 877 or visit brentridge.com. Speaking of Wetaskiwin, their current MP, Michael Lake, uh, for Edmonton Wetaskiwin, is a former Edmonton Oilers employee. Uh, worked for the organization for a number of years. Really interesting guy. He's been on the chat airwaves over the years. Strong uh, advocate for uh, the uh, autism as well. Uh, at one time, headed up a uh, bill for the Canadian Autism Network uh, that had... Even a couple local uh, liberal MPs, or at least one local liberal MP support, and then once it was suggested to him that he shouldn't cross the floor uh, and lend support for a conservative uh, bill, that liberal MP ended up uh, uh, not supporting the bill. Very disappointing. Off to a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell. And when we come back, Michael Rupp will join us on Oilers Now. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.